that you were thirsty. Think about that for a moment. When was the last time you were really thirsty? For me, it was the other night. I had taken some Sudafed because of all this uh, stuff blowing around in the air and the change in the barometric pressure and all the stuff that's gotten, it seems like everyone else sick as well. But I took one of those at night so that my head would uh, stay open. And as you can see from my very crooked, long nose, Jack says it's the longest nose ever, um, because it's been smashed uh, a few times, that the air doesn't always get through there like it should. And I've had trouble finding those breathe right strips that will fit my nose, okay, that will actually fit. But uh, I woke up, and it was uh, a little bit earlier than I usually wake up, and my tongue was just like leather. I mean, it, it was just uh, so dry, and I was so thirsty. The first thing I, I did as I got up was just drank as much water as I possibly could. When was the last time that you were really thirsty? Maybe it was after you went to the movie theater and you ate that extra large bucket of popcorn. And you found yourself waking up in the middle of the night from all the salt, and you were so thirsty, and you had to get up and get a drink of water. Maybe it was on a hot day in the summer around here when the humidity is 100%, and it's 105 outside, and you walk outside, and you start to get hot and sweaty, and all you can think about is something to drink. Maybe it was when you had to go to the hospital and they told you you couldn't have anything to eat or to drink until a certain time the next day. You began to think about thirst. And you began to think about, maybe you see a mirage of uh, something that you could drink in your, in your room there. And you begin to uh, really think about the significance of water. Maybe it was a time when you were dehydrated and you realized that you've got to have water to survive. This past week, with all of the searching that's been going on for the Malaysian uh, plane, there has been a lot of information that has come out about where this could be. And as you know, they're looking for it right now uh, off the coast of Australia. And uh, as you look on the map, it looks like, wow, you know, I can, I can see something there. Why can't they just go over to that and uh, just, you know, be able to dive down and see what it is? Well, they can't so easily because of the power of water. The, the way that the sea is churning out there, the, the height of the waves and the wind and all the other things that are going on and just the sheer vast uh, expanse of, of water that is out there. It takes them four hours to get there. They can search for about two hours uh, before they're just so physically exhausted and out of everything they need to do this, they get back on the plane four hours back. That's a lot of water. Water is powerful. And that is what John is describing for us in this gospel today. Uh, if you have a Bible, look with me to John chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, uh, we couldn't get all 52 verses printed in the, uh, the bulletin today because there would be no bulletin left. There was a lot that was there. But I, I feel confident that you know the story, or at least you know most of the story. And it's a story about Jesus who is uh, heading 
through, he's passing into Sychar, and as he is doing so, he is thirsty. He stops at Jacob's well, and this is the old well that Jacob dug and provided for his family and for others. They had no water in the area, and so Jacob um, makes sure that this happens, that he's got water for his uh, crops, he has water for his uh, all of his herds of sheep and uh, livestock. He makes sure that his family has water, not just any water, but clean water. And so Jesus is hot, he's thirsty. It says that he sits down at noon there at this well. He just kind of plops down there, and it's hard for us sometimes to think about Jesus being thirsty, right? We think, well, I mean, he is the Son of God. How, how is it that the Son of God could be thirsty? And if we just think back a couple of weeks ago, when Jesus is out in the wilderness, he is what? He's hungry. He's thirsty. He's going through the most challenging time uh, of his ministry as he is beginning his ministry out there being tempted in the wilderness. And so things really uh, continue to be difficult for him. And as he's out doing all of his wonderful things, he gets thirsty and tired. And so he sits at Jacob's well. The idea is he has nothing to use to get the water out. He has no container uh, to be able to do that. And it's hard for us to imagine. For people in Malawi and in places in India and other places today, this morning, around the world, uh, it's the same thing. They have to walk miles and miles to get to clean water, and so many times they have nothing to be able to get the water out with. So that's Jesus. He's there. And as he's there, this woman uh, starts walking up towards Jacob's well. And she has a container that she's going to use. And some of the paintings I've seen, she's got it on her head. Others, she's carrying it along. However she gets it there, she gets it there. And as she's walking up, Jesus sees her off in the distance, and he probably sees the container, and he thinks, okay, well, uh, now's my chance. If I'm going to get a drink of water, I'll ask her for a drink of water. And as she's walking up and probably sees Jesus sitting off to the side, she probably thought nothing of it other than uh, she had no assumptions that there would be any conversation with this man because certainly women and men would not have talked there, but even more so, a Jewish man and a Samaritan woman would definitely not have talked. They wouldn't even have acknowledged one another. And certainly a Jewish man would not have acknowledged her and would not have asked her for a drink of water. So this dynamic is going on as Jesus is coming, as she is coming up to the well. And as she gets to the well uh, and just goes about her business of getting the water out, Jesus says to her, can I have a drink of water? Can you get me a drink of water? I'm thirsty. And I'm sure there were, uh, she could see that he was tired and, and just the weariness that was in his face. And maybe he had kind of a cotton mouth. You know, when you get really thirsty, your tongue just kind of hangs out. And I'm sure that she saw he was thirsty. And she says, okay, who are you? A Jewish man, and I'm sure she could tell he was Jewish based on just how he looked and how he dressed, maybe how he spoke. How is it that you, a Jewish man, could ask me, a Samaritan woman, for water? This, this is not done. I would have never expected you to do this. And she's, uh, John comments for us, Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. And if you're familiar with Samaritans, they are hated 
by Jews. They are, are seen as not even being complete people. They uh, are, are certainly unclean. It's unclean to even go through their community. If you even walk through Samaria, then you have to take a, a bath afterwards if you want to go to the temple. I mean, this is something that is just not done. And they certainly don't share with one another. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, Sir, you don't even have a bucket. You don't have a cup or anything to drink with. And this well is very deep. Where do you get that living water? I mean, Jesus, you are not thinking right. There's no such thing. And Jesus, I'm sure, continues just to look at her thinking, okay, there's going to be a deeper conversation here. Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? And there is this issue between uh, their different groups about uh, the significance of this well and the significance of where to worship. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. And so there is this part of them that is shared. Even though Jews and Samaritans don't share anything, they were sharing their humanity, weren't they? They were sharing their thirst and their understanding of she had to walk a long ways to get something that would slay her thirst. And he had walked a long way, and he couldn't walk any further. He sat right there and needed a drink of water. They were indeed thirsty. The scripture we heard from Exodus a little while ago um, about Moses and the people who were just rebelling against him. And you see this throughout uh, various uh, parts of Moses' life and as he's trying to lead these people. It's almost humorous, trying to lead them out of the desert. I mean, they just escaped from Egypt. He drew them out, they celebrated, and then they get out, uh, headed to the promised land, and they start complaining. Sounds like church sometimes, right? And they start complaining, and we don't even have any water to drink. Moses, do something about it. Get us some water. I mean, what kind of a leader are you, Moses? So Moses, you know, he probably has some really bad things to say in Hebrew. And as he did that and said things, he starts talking to God, and, and um, there is uh, this way of him getting water by... Um, you know, using his staff. And there are these waters that come up, this flowing and rich water that is uh, available for them to drink. And they're able to survive out there in the wilderness because they have water. God provided the water for them. But they were thirsty. Again, I ask you, what, when was the last time you were thirsty? And not just physically for water or for something to drink, but when was the last time you recognized that there was something missing in your life? That there was something that you needed that you didn't have? That you were headed down a path 
that didn't ever seem to open up resources for you and, and there was nothing there for you to be able to survive. Maybe you looked around and you saw there was a, a lot that you could partake in that would maybe fill that void for a little bit. You, your thirst would go away for just maybe a short period of time, but all of a sudden you were thirsty again. I mean, that's what was happening with this woman. She kept coming back probably day after day after day, and she is so tired of it. I want water that will last forever, and I don't believe you, Jesus, but if you have it, and if it does exist, where do I get it? Because that's what I want. I don't want to have to keep coming back and trying to meet this need. It's tiresome. Jesus talks to her about that, but again, Jesus is there. He's thirsty as well. He identifies with us in our thirst, just like He identifies with us in baptism and He identifies with us in all of the temptations that we go through and the struggles and the challenges and even the poverty. He understands all of that, but He certainly understands human thirst. How are you finding satisfaction for your thirst these days? What the woman also does is she starts to change the subject. Give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come back. Now that's a strange thing to say, right? Go call your husband. How does he know that she has a husband? And I'm sure she's wondering that as well. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, now you're right. You're right in saying you have no husband, for you've had five, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman, I'm sure after gasping, said to him, Sir, I see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. So she changes the subject. Have you ever done that? Somebody's talking to you about truth or they're pointing out something that you really need to hear and what do you do? You change the subject. That's what she does. And she brings up a worship issue. I mean, that's the best way, Bill. That is the best way. If you want to change the subject about something you're talking about in church, especially about spiritual needs that you might have in your life, well, let's talk about worship. Let's not talk about sin or unrighteousness or what we're not doing or what we are doing. What about that worship? We should have contemporary or we should worship in this way or that way or we should become like this. And that's what the woman is saying. And Jesus, he listens to it and he gives her a few words here about it. Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. He kind of throws a dig in there. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. So the woman said to Him, I know that the Messiah is coming. When He comes, He will proclaim all things to us. So she knows, and the Samaritans were certainly looking for that, that person to come along. Everybody in the land is looking for this person to come and rescue them from all of the oppression and all the injustice and all of the problems of their lives. She says, we're looking for him. 
Jesus said to her, I am He, the one who is speaking to you now. I mean, that's a bold statement to make, isn't it? Here He is asking for water. They get involved in a conversation about her uh, relationships, and now He's saying He's the Messiah. Just then His disciples came up. They were astonished. They had gone to look for food while Jesus was trying to get a drink of water. And they get into a conversation about uh, eating something. And Jesus, what are you doing? You're just sitting here and we've been out looking for food. And Jesus says, no, no. The food that I've been looking for is something different than what you've been out getting. The food I'm looking for is to do the will of the Father. And then he points off in the distance. And he points to where the woman has left to, uh, to go back to her town. And as she goes back to her town, she tells them about what it is that she has found. She's found living water. And so as, as we think about that today, we recognize that there are, again, a lot of places that could provide water. There are a lot of different ways that you could uh, try to hydrate yourself. And in the summertime, you'll hear all of these public service announcements about um, what you should and shouldn't drink as you go out. Even if you're just driving to work or if you're watering the yard or whatever it is that you're doing, that uh, you need to drink water, right? Does beer count? No. <laughs> beer is a liquid. And some would say a liquid from God, okay? But it does not hydrate you in the way that water does. Or coffee or uh, whiskey, or whatever else it is that people try to drink to uh, satisfy their thirst. It doesn't, do, it doesn't do the job. It's not living water. People in Africa have water all around them, but it is not always drinkable water. It's not pure. It's not clean. And if they drink it, it can kill them. The same thing is true with whiskey or anything else. And so we look for things to fill us that we really become like this woman. She was trying to fill it with relationships. She had had five relationships where she was longing for love, she was longing for connection, and it's as if Jesus is saying to her, you really don't have to have a man in your life to give you what you need. Anybody say amen on that? Oh, no men to... Oh. <laughs> You don't need that. It's great, but that's not what you need. You've been looking for it, and obviously you've been trying to find that in different ways, and you haven't found it. And you keep looking for it there, but don't look there anymore. Look deep inside of yourself. Look at what God is doing inside of you, and, and look at what God wants you to know through what I am saying.